And apparently, they are all hoping to catch a glimpse of that hairy beast. Well, hello again, Michelle. How are you? I'm still in Australia. And I am in the snow-peaked mountains of Switzerland. And I'm not joking, it was snowing today. It was absolutely gorgeous. Everything looks so beautiful in the snow. Well, bully for you. Bully for you, Michelle. It's been pissing down with rain here. No, it's actually sunny again. Oh, lovely. Well, there you go. Look, you know what? This is not a weather report. (laughs) Michelle, it's not a weather report. It's a bloody comedy storytelling podcast in case somebody's accidentally pondered across us and is wondering what the hell are they talking about the weather for i don't give a shit maybe we should introduce ourselves this is a comedy podcast and it's called eavesdropping you are eavesdropping and us welcome i'm michelle and i'm geordie we'd love to have you on board with us on the eavesdropping choo-choo train of stories and what do we talk about michelle anything from real life True crime. And supernatural. Which could be anything from ghosts to cryptids to what else do we talk about? UFOs, all sorts. Aliens, of course. And I've got a little bit of all those things for you today. Have you, Michelle? Bits and pieces. Oh. Bits and pieces. Well, what my dad would call that is a bitsa. A bitsa, yeah. Bitsa this, bitsa that. When you ask him what's for dinner, he says, it's a bitsa. But that can apply to a dog as well. If a dog is like a mixed breed, what's your dog? It's a bitsa. Bitsa this, bitsa that. Well, you know, in the UK, they say Ibiza, but actually in Ibiza, they say Ibiza. So it's Ooh. almost like Ibiza. Sounds more exotic, doesn't it? Ibiza. But yes, we, we do like to have you on board to listen. And Michelle, let me tell you, I had breakfast with one of our employees the other day. He made me a lovely bacon and egg sandwich. Shout out Al Teggett. He's a bit sad because we don't play his jingle enough, he believes. We both know that Al Teggett is, is real. not a unicorn. He's not a unicorn. So here it is. Have your jingle, Al. Al Teggett's not a mythical creature. Al Teggett's not a unicorn. Al Teggett's not a made-up person. Gave us favourite and so much more. Gave us favourite and so much more. Oh, oh. And that's payment, Al, because obviously he is an unpaid intern here at eavesdrop and he provides us with the odd story (laughs) most of the stories he provides us with though listeners are the gorier ones and they're dark and they're dark so when we have an al taggett one on we'll let you know to uh block your children's ears because sometimes (laughs) it can be a bit stomach churning but we don't have an al taggett story for you today i just wanted to say shout out to al shout out to lovely karen his wife shout out to his sister lou who is in a wonderful band Crank Williams and Patsy Decline, who currently have a record out and it's on Spotify, where you can also find us as well. Indeed. Great names. Honestly, they sound like drag names. I know. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, amazing. Oh, I can't wait to listen. Exactly. I think that they might be uh, quite country. I'd just love to, I'd love to see one of their shows. Just go and Google them. Crank Williams and Patsy Decline and go and have a look at their record on <laughs> Spotify. I just wanted to give you a little update on our YouTube. Oh, have we had some hate? It's always hate from YouTube. Never love. Do you know what? It's not. It's just weird because recently, you know, I'd been a little bit behind on some of the videos. So I uploaded a few and I was checking through some of the stats. One of our most viewed videos from the last few weeks, Mm. it was when we did the Christmas jingle. Oh, yeah. Dancing. Dancing around. And I just captioned it middle-aged women dancing oh the porn so many hits the you porn, would not believe the porn lovers hit that up uh, <laughs> do you think i don't know who's watching but they're loving a couple of middle-aged ladies dancing so was there any comments like sexy moves ladies no 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 of course not i love those comments but somebody did give us a compliment on one of our apps so you know we've been getting the love no hate just love that's a great start to the new year people need to be kind to each other they do now i also wanted to just mention i had seen a news report about 
none other than our patron saint. Someone we haven't spoken about in a long time. No, even though we love him, Ben Mendelssohn. Now, Australian tabloids, you know, they are feisty. They have been going wild saying that Ben Mendelssohn's partner, and I don't even know who that is. Who's the lucky lady, Michelle? Are you going to scratch your eyes out? I'm going to scratch that bitch's eyes out. She's preggers. I'm probably not going to scratch her eyes out because... Don't do that. Jesus, you're violent. I know, I'm horrible. Apparently, she's pregs. So, look at that. Go Ben. Because, I mean, he must be... Getting on in years. Yes, but a man can have a baby at any time because yes, they don't right. actually have to have the baby. They just have the fun stuff. Oh, my. They don't actually have to push it out. No, but. Or carry it. Come on. It must be exhausting, like having what? a ki- having a toddler <laughs> at that age. Oh, I don't know. I thought know. you meant having sex. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I find it exhausting. Apparently, it's been all over Twitter uh, that this whole pregnancy rumor. And then, wow. as I was like, like researching a little bit more because I was like, really, is it true? Turns out there's an update. It's most likely false. But do you know what? It made my heart sing with joy to think that we were still... We'll get more bends, mini bends. Get mini bends in the world. It would be so lovely. But anyway, maybe it's not to be... Watch this space, I say. Watch this space. Well, you know what, Michelle? Next time I bump into him, why don't I ask him? Because you know what I was going to say next was, I was walking along the beach the other day and I bumped into who other than our patron saint, Ben Mendelssohn. And he's given me another message for all the eavesdroppers. And here it is. Ben Mendelssohn. How you doing, Ben? Are you all right? Stop for a second. Do you remember, you know, that podcast eavesdropping that we talk about you all the time? Do you know what to say? Ben, come back. Ben, don't run away. Just... Ben, Ben, wait, just say... Whatever you're doing, keep enjoying it and keep living it eavesdropping. Eavesdropping, eavesdropping, eavesdropping. Thank you. That's your Ben message. Oh, my God, I cannot believe you bumped into Ben Mendelsohn on the goddamn beach. You know, it's very handy being in Australia. (laughs) You never know who you'll bump into. Did he have a tinny brown lemonade? Brown lemonade in hand at all times. Well, we love you, Ben. Thank you so much for that message. And do as he says and keep eavesdropping. (laughs) Now, Michelle, have you got anything to tell me? Anything new happening on your side of the planet? I always say this, that I don't read rubbish rags. I think we all know that's not true. I know. I did read just this past week, just a couple of days ago, an article in The Sun. Yep, I'm back to that rag. It was a really fantastic article because it was all about the most popular kind of paranormal shit that British people believe in. Great. Oh, yes. And look, I think it's all to do with some kind of publicity because there's a TV show coming out called Souls. And it's apparently this German TV series about a boy who thinks he's had a previous life where he was a pilot and died in a plane crash in 2006 and he remembers like his whole past life. That's very interesting because we've done an episode on that. Yes we have exactly where there were children. Do you remember it was a child who believed that he had been a pilot in I think the Second World War or something. So I'll link to the show note for that episode for sure. Same as you I thought we've covered stuff like this. I think that's when the Straits of Malacca were mentioned. Let's not talk about that again because I am flying Malaysian Airlines, so I don't want to talk about any kind of plane crashes. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll live to live another day and keep eavesdropping. Live to record another eavesdropping episode, hopefully. (laughs) Exactly. Look, I mean, the series sounds all right. You know, German, so you've got to read, I guess, the subtitles. And, And like I said, full disclosure, I haven't watched it. have not watched the show. I actually don't even know if it's out yet. But the thing is... As part of the publicity around this show, it's on Sky Atlantic apparently, Uh um, they put money behind a survey where they spoke to 2,000 adults across the UK. And I found it really fascinating. So if you live in the east of England, you are more likely than anyone else over the country to believe in UFOs. Well, I'm in the east. Well, do you believe I do believe in unidentified flying objects. Yes, so do I. But I don't necessarily know what they are or where they're from, but I know that there are things in the sky that are unidentified, that's for sure. Yes, I would agree because 
There have also been a lot of news reports coming out in the last weeks about, in a way, all the stuff that was unredacted files, all the declassified stuff, a lot of military people coming forward and saying, back in the 80s when I was a commander, I saw this, I saw huge unidentified craft going at 10,000 miles per hour, like unheard of speeds, craft that was so advanced. And they're like, to this day, I know what I saw. We always say that. I know what I saw, but they don't know what it was. And I think that it's kind of what you're saying too. People see things, but that we don't know what they are. There's too much anecdotal evidence to believe that. You'd have to be higher up in the military to know exactly Mm. more or exactly what it is or more about it because quite often it is military what do you think about prince harry by the way just to segue off that for a moment he's been in the papers and you probably don't know this because you only read the sun and you only read silly things (laughs) about ufos but he's his book was accidentally released early in spain and people got their hands on it and translated it and found the biggest thing in there apart from him having a knockdown drag out throw me against the dog bowl fight with Prince William, he confessed to killing people when he was serving in Afghanistan. And he wasn't, (gasps) it's not okay to say that. Oh my God. And then commanding officers and people from the military, whether they worked with him or not, I'm not sure, had said things like, he's trashed his first family, now he's trashed his second family as well. Do you know what? Like that shit you don't ever mention. Burning bridges. You don't mention that you, especially if you're (laughs) royal. Yeah. You don't tell people that you shot down. And we don't even know if it was civilians. Well, I think he knows. I think he made out that they were key figures and he said something like they were just chess pieces. Chest. Chess, sorry. And then there was uh, somebody from Afghanistan uh, who said, well, thanks for admitting it, but what to see you next Tuesday. That's outrageous. Who's his PR person? Who's... <laughs> ghostwriting and editing that book because you edit that shit out. That's common sense. It must be Americans because like his wife, I don't think they understand the uh, protocol (gasps) and Harry's ready to embrace it. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm not going to go on about it. It's boring. Harry's boring. Harry is boring. I knew that there was a book coming out called Spare and all I could think of was, oh, boo fucking who. (laughs) You're a royal. You've got such a privileged life and all you can – yeah, exactly. And all you can do is complain about, oh, I'm – you know, I'm not the heir. I'm the spare. Like, oh, fuck off. Apart from the fact that he lost his mother to the paparazzi. But what's he doing now? Inviting more paparazzi into his life for the sake of a buck I think I mean I don't know maybe he does just want to get it off his chest but that's what therapy's for Harry I know and you do it like privately Harry's boring I don't want to talk about move on let's talk about your affairs (laughs) well guess what the big thing that Londoners believe most in I can't wait hang on let me guess because you asked me to guess so I'm gonna guess let's see uh cryptids no witches oh well they're real yeah but the, i don't know what kind of witches because we know that what witches wicked witches are white witches and well maybe maybe they're thinking all halloweeny but no i think that's very interesting that londoners are super witchy because you know we know hampstead heath on a solstice do we full of witches yes Did we know that i didn't know that but now i know where to go but i think <laughs> that witchcraft and nature natural you know using the earth and being in touch with the earth and i know i sound like a fucking hippie right now is the way forward more of us should be embracing the earth's magic with a k you say it's the way forward but it's actually the way of the The past past. yeah that's how we've always lived yeah you know with the rhythm of the season we've lost our way and we need to find it back again maybe not if you're in northern ireland because apparently the big thing that they all believe in they still dunk them no, no, it's Sorry. more, I mean, look, they probably, there are probably people that believe in witches in Northern Ireland, but the big thing they believe in is Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yeah. Oh. That's what they believe in. That is the thing in this survey that Northern Ireland, it's all about Bigfoot. And apparently they are all hoping to catch a glimpse of that hairy beast. In Northern Ireland though? Yes. That's, there is one. So region by region. Yeah. East of England, UFOs. Londoners, witches. Northern Ireland, Bigfoot. So they must believe that there's one hovering around in Northern Ireland. I think they do. I think several. And I think they're all kind of really keen to like, you know, lay eyes on it. But 
apparently, if you live on the Humber, yes. it's all about psychics and mind reading. And in the West Midlands, they were the biggest skeptics of all that shit. So, oh. mm. well, the very earthy people, the the West Midlanders, was it? West Midlands, not not West Country, West Midlands. Yeah, that's Birmingham, Black Country. That's Black Country, isn't it? West. I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah, but on paper, Londoners rate themselves as more spiritual than anywhere else in the country. But I don't really know what that means. I'm a Londoner, but I I included myself in the East because it's Southeast, isn't it? So maybe East, they meant like Norfolk, Norfolk and... Yeah, maybe. And Cornwall and... Oh, that's West, babe. That is West. That is West. Yes. I'm getting getting (laughs) mixed up here. But the thing is, Londoners were also the most willing to believe in mythical creatures. Yep. Conspiracy theories. Sure thing. Demons. Bring it. Zombies. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, no. No thanks, actually, to zombies. I know nobody wants that. I don't want them. And they also believe that Elvis is alive. Ah, oh, now come on. Even if he was alive, shouldn't he be dead by now? He had a, we've spoken about this before. He's had a really bad diet, lots of stress in his life, and he would be 87 yes. or 88 by now. Come I on. I mean, look, he could be hanging on. He could be hanging on, but not, not after all those fried cheese sandwiches. No. But interestingly, uh, this survey found that when it comes to whether or not people believe in life after death or reincarnation or yeah. just some kind of afterlife, it was boom down the middle, 50-50, like people believed and people didn't. And I found that really interesting. Obviously, there are a lot of religions that believe that there is, you know, reincarnation and yeah. and life after death. But yeah, 50-50. Well, it's not something that can be proved, is it, Michelle? So Or disproved. So, or disproved, yeah. exactly, either way. And apparently 14% of people, they've had, you know, a round or two with a Ouija board trying to talk to dead people. Most people have had a go at that, even as a kid. Even if it wasn't like a proper Ouija board, even if it was just, you know, on school camp with a glass and some Scrabble letters. Like, I'm sure people have had a go at that kind Hmm. of thing. But a a little bit like you at the beginning of this conversation, 70% of people in the study apparently felt that there are just some things that science can't explain. A little bit like UFOs. Yeah. We think that they have been seen, but we don't know what they are. I get that because I don't believe that we know everything and that there is a scientific explanation for everything. And I think we'd have to be pretty self-centered to believe that we know everything. Well, Michelle, we certainly don't know everything. And I think that there are some huge <laughs> gaps in our knowledge, as has been proven time and time again Every time you listen to this podcast. It's true. We always say don't come to us for facts. Do not. But 52% of people who do believe in the supernatural or the paranormal, apparently they believe because they've had something happen to them in Ah. some way that's made them believe in and it's proven to them that supernatural shit is real. And that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about their experiences on this podcast, especially right in. Tell us what's happened to you. If you were one of the 52%, please get in touch. Yes. It is a lot. And the thing is that 35% of people just have a gut feeling that there is something more that we don't know, whether it's ghosts or werewolves or aliens or whatever. <laughs> werewolves. And then there was a top okay. 10 of what people believe. Do you want me to start from the top or the bottom? Start from the bottom and work your way up. All right. Number 10, werewolves. I think that's ridiculous, but go on. People believe it, still believe in werewolves. I think that's ridiculous. Number nine. Okay. Bigfoot. I mean, I actually thought it would be higher up the food chain. Okay, you're going to love this. Number eight. This isn't even supernatural. It's more conspiracy. They believe in the Illuminati. Okay, well, it does exist. It's a big thing. It exists, Michelle, and it probably still does to a degree, but I don't think it really has that much control that people think they do. But it's a thing. I don't know. We've talked about it. Go back and listen to our Illuminati episode. Scroll down. Oh, yes. And, you know, every time I get in a London cab. Oh, Jesus. Like, basically, I'm regaled with the Illuminati talk. Then, number seven, demons. Uh, and I get that. I, I think that demons. people... No? <laughs> I just think that people have, like, a feeling of that there are evil spirits out there. Called humans. Six is mind reading and psychics. I'm surprised that's not number yeah. one, to be honest. 
five, witches. Weird because they do exist. So you can't really say, I believe in witches like fairies because they're real. Fairies isn't even on here, just FYI. Number four is JFK's assassination was an inside job. Uh, well, yeah, that should be up the top, I reckon. There'd have to be a lot of precision. I mean, maybe but not as much back then, but I think there needs to be a lot of precision that goes into a random shooting and no one being caught for it. Although they caught someone, didn't they? But Well, supposedly, but who knows? Yeah. And then three, reincarnation. Two, aliens and UFOs. Yeah. Guess what number one is? I can't think. It's ghosts. Ghosts, of course. Ghosts. You know, I think that all of those things, they are exactly what we love on this podcast. <laughs> Conspiracy it theories, any of those creatures. things in that list. I know it's. Please get in touch. We're all <laughs> over it. So yeah, get in touch. www.eavesdroppingpodcast.com. Email us a story. Share, like, all of that. Follow our social media. Like, subscribe. Instagram and Facebook. Yep, you know it. At eavesdropping underscore. You got that right. Eavesdropping. Actually, one listener did get in touch, and she's been getting in touch a lot. Danny, our lovely friend in, I believe she's in Victoria in Australia. She did that lovely road trip and listened to eavesdropping on the road road trip. trip. Yep. Exactly. She gave us a couple of good stories, the Swamp Lady and Mm. the Phillip Island murder. Well, she also gave us another one. And Mm. Michelle, you gave it to us last week. It was the Vanishing Lady. And I was going to not tell you about that and secretly surprise you with it. And I just started (laughs) listening to the podcast. So confessions, when you started telling me last week about that, I knew a little bit. That was done to Danny. Danny, just so you don't think that we've done the episode and not given you the credit. Because you, like Al Taggart, are another unofficial intern. (laughs) Intern researcher. Indeed. So thank you, Danny. Oh, thank you, Danny. Now, I've just got um, another thing for you. Okay. Again, I read it in some shitty rag, but it really reminded me of when we did the episode on the Orang Madang. Now, it's so funny you should say that because I was just thinking about that before, again, because of Malaysian Airlines. Oh, Jesus. Well, don't freak out about this, but a couple of weeks ago, there was a report of a ghost ship, not like a bullshit made-up story. This shit happened. Not a bullshit. Not a bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. This ghost ship was found drifting in the Bermuda Triangle with no crew on board. Oh. Two weeks ago they found wow. this ship. How old was the ship? Was there any log? Well, Ship's log? it went missing in 2013. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And it was captained by um, an Irish yacht club sailor called Alan <gasps> McGettigan. And he had sailed mm-hmm. with some mates from Connecticut to Bermuda. But this, like, according to back in 2013, according to all the logs and all the records, that ship got absolutely fucking smashed by waves and torrential weather. And it was a brand new yacht. The thing was that it had suffered mechanical failure. The skipper and the three other crew members, they like sent out distress signals. They got rescued by a cargo ship after they'd had to abandon the yacht. Oh, the actual people were rescued. Yes, they were. Swimming around. Well, I think I imagine they were in like in a dinghy or whatever the life raft and the thing is that because the weather was so so bad even when the the cargo ship picked them up no one ever saw that yacht again and they just said it was so badly damaged that the storm was so full-on that there's no way that ship survived and everyone just assumed the yacht sank after the storm wow because there had been no trace and they'd been looking they were looking for that ship no trace of this ship then out of nowhere, it pops up. Well, two ocean research project workers, and I don't know where they're from. I think they were American. They were working in the North Atlantic, and they found that fucking yacht drifting, just drifting in the middle of nowhere, and pretty much in great, almost as new condition. No, right? What? Yeah. And so, what? What do you think these guys did? What did they do? They were like, let's go on board. Oh, 
and they disappeared. No, 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 no. They actually were shitting themselves because they thought, fuck, we're going to find dead bodies and all sorts on here. Well, they found nothing, nothing on board. But this ship was 800 miles from Bermuda, Mm. 1,500 miles from the US, Mm. and more than 700 miles from where it was abandoned in 2013. amazing. In the middle of fucking nowhere. Wow. Missing for 10 years. Just drifting with no one on board. And you know what I'm going to say is going on here? Um, interdimensional uh, mishap. Do you know what? You always go there. No, I know. Aliens, of course. Oh. Of course you think. Of course you must well, know that I think. Because honestly, how? What, they took it, they fixed it and they put it back. Or it just got beamed up and then boom. But no, no crew members on board because they'd already abandoned. Yep, there was no one on board. Was there anyone left behind? No. When the other crew members were found, there was no one left behind. Mm, no, I don't think there was anyone okay. left behind. But for 10 years, when we have Google Earth, we have amazing technology to find shit like this. How is a, a yacht just drifting around for 10 years? Yeah, that's a bit How weird. How is that even possible? It is a bit weird. But then I don't really know the extent of all our satellites and if there's any black spots. I don't know. Well, I don't know either. So anyway, I just think that was a spooky start to 2023. This literally happened like two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, crazy, crazy shit's going on. No idea. She's got no idea. No idea. We've got no idea. No idea. There is no idea between No idea. No idea. No idea. Well, thanks for that, Michelle. And speaking of crazy starts, I had a crazy finish to 2022 when I arrived in Australia. Okay, why? Well, I'll tell you. The day that we arrived, there was this stuff all over the news. It's just breaking. It's still kind of going on in a way. I guess the investigation is going on. But there was a huge thing that happened. It's true crime, Australia style. And that's what I'm going to tell you about today. Oh, my God. And I don't know if you've heard anything about it. The Australians listening will have. What's going on? Well, I got my information from The Guardian and the ABC, amongst other quality news sites. (laughs) Not like mine. But basically, on the day that we arrived, this awful story was unfolding and it was on the news. Because the first thing I wanted to do in the hotel room in Sydney was turn on the television. And this is where we saw it on every channel. And basically, what had happened was, on Monday, the 12th of December, 2022... Police were called to a remote property in Wyambilla, and I don't know if I've pronounced that correctly. Wyambilla? Wyambilla. Wyambilla? Wyambilla. <laughs> That's in Queensland, up in the north, the hot spots, to search for a man called Nathaniel Train, who was 46 and from Dubbo, New South Wales. Now, he had been reported missing on December the 4th. Okay. Nathaniel had been the principal of a school where he suffered a heart attack while he was at work and he had left the school and left the employment of New South Wales school systems to recover in August 21. So he'd been out of the school system for some time since this near-fatal heart attack. So he officially left his employment because I think that with schools you get, you know, gardening leave and things like that. And he officially left in March of 22. Now he had in that time, made complaints to the education department about the school's teaching and discipline policies. And he was also against being forced to vaccinate against COVID-19. So he would have had to have left his job anyway. So people in the health industry, in the education industry, they were mandated to have to get the vaccine. So he was an anti-vaxxer. He didn't get the vaccine. Well, let's not use that term. We can. But anti-vaxxer kind of is a bit of a conspiracy theory kind of name to use, isn't it? So at this stage, we're just going to say he didn't want to get vaccinated. And I think that it's a choice and that's fair enough. Anyway, it's believed that Nathaniel spent the following year traveling around, but he was in contact the whole time with his wife and his family. Well, his wife, at least, which is what we're calling his family in this story today, up until October 2022. So how old is he? 46. And he had a heart attack. He'd had a heart attack the year before. He had some trouble at work. Then he left and then he went traveling around and his wife, he was in touch with her until he wasn't. Do you not think that's a bit weird? Why? To just leave your wife and go, I'm going traveling. I don't know. I just find that 
odd. I know people whose husbands get on their motorbike and go up north for two weeks and they don't hear from them and or they do hear from them because they have to keep in touch. Obviously, it's dangerous. They want to know, are you safe? And I think maybe that was I'm just assuming that that's what was going on here at this stage of my story. Okay, well, if it's only for a couple of weeks, I, I get it, but I don't know. Well, no, it wasn't because he went, you know, he was off traveling around, but he was always in contact with his family Yeah. until October 22. They suddenly stopped hearing from him. So a public appeal was issued to locate him. Okay. Right? The family were worried. Nathaniel had been raised with his brother Gareth in a deeply religious family and their father Ronald was a former pastor at a Baptist church until he wasn't anymore because he was a bit extreme. Okay. So then he started his own Christian independent fellowship church because the former church in Toowoomba had closed down. Right. So already I'm hearing alarm bells. Doot, doot. Ronald had even written a few books, mostly anti-Freemason. He did not what? like those Freemasons one bit. Oh, my yeah. God. He sounds like a bit of a, a full-on character, Ronald. I don't know a lot more about him. Like I said, this story has only just recently kind of happened and I've only got what I've got and I think there'll be more coming. So we're going back to Nathaniel, poor missing Nathaniel. He met and married his girlfriend, whose name was Stacy Mary Christoffel, in 1995, while they were both still teenagers and they had met at Ronald's church. So Nathaniel and Stacy, they had two children in the years that they were together and they trained as teachers and occasionally lived with Nathaniel's older brother, Gareth. It's said that these two brothers were very different to each other. So Nathaniel was a calm presence, but Gareth was a hothead. And at some point, Stacy Train, married to Nathaniel, swapped Nathaniel for Gareth. What? Oh, my She left God. Nathaniel and married Gareth. Yeah. Holy shit. This is already a soap opera. I mean, yep. you've got conspiracies, Freemasons, weird religious cults. Wacky churches. Wacky churches. A guy who's like against vaccinations, decided to just go off traveling, doing his own thing. Walk about. Wow. Okay. This is not going to end well. I have a feeling. No. (laughs) I think you may be onto something there, Michelle. So this caused a scandal and a rift in the Train family, but also Stacey's family, who she then became estranged from, including her and Nathaniel's children. Oh, they had kids. Because they had had kids when they were teenagers. They got married. Yeah, they had right. a couple of kids. So they'll be quite old now. I think it was Stacy at least mm. became estranged from her children, possibly Nathaniel as well. Mm. I can't find any more info about the kids. I think they're grown up. Yep. As I've mentioned, Stacy had also trained along with Nathaniel as a teacher. She went on to become a principal and a head of curriculum at various schools whilst with Gareth, the brother. And despite her highly religious stance, she was also known for holding quite alternative views on governments and vaccination against COVID. Right. So perhaps you could call her an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like to bandy those terms around, but it's very evocative, isn't it? See, I don't think being an anti-vaxxer is that bad. I think if you're an anti-vaxxer, you're probably quite proud to be an anti-vaxxer. You're loud and proud. You sure. Know? But I think that term is heavily loaded and I think it kind of paints already an image like I'm a Christian or I'm a Tory or I'm an anti-vaxxer. I think those terms kind of make people already make assumptions about a person. I would not like to be labelled any of those no, things. No. Whether I like to get vaccinated or I believe in God or not, you know? Yeah. I mean, I get, I get what you're saying, but being anti-vax was a full-on thing a year ago. I mean, now yeah. nobody cares, <laughs> I don't think. I think it still is. But either way, she too would have to resign from her job that she loved over her refusal to be vaccinated. So we've got Gareth, the brother, the hothead brother that she preferred over lovely, calm Nathaniel. Is he lovely? I don't know. Let's find out. But Gareth also worked in education, but not in a teaching role. So people felt that he and Stacey were quite a strange pair because they would travel from one small regional school to the next. One local resident who worked at one of their schools recalls her first meeting with the trains, Gareth and Stacey, that is. She said, we were invited to tea at their house to welcome them to the town. The first thing I noticed was that they had their pig dogs. Now that is, an oh. I think that's a British bull terrier. Isn't it the one with the very strong facial features? Is it not kind a pit bull? Very long and, I think it's, a, it's an English bull terrier. 
not a pit bull. Is it? I think pig dogs inside the house in cages. And Gareth, ha- or maybe it is a pit bull, because why are they in a cage? They're very dangerous. Gareth had a big collection of hunting knives, and then he told us he was a social worker. So they seem like. <laughs> hillbillies oh my god and then he comes out with i'm a social worker so gareth had become known for taking his dogs to the local swimming hole which was frequented by children and making a show of hunting down wild pigs with these dogs in front of children this guy's he's got a screw loose a bit screwy other people said that he would often sit on his veranda and watch his dogs mate Mm. and people thought that was most distasteful (laughs) As I do. <laughs> Ew. Oh my God. <laughs> this guy's not, he's not right. Well, there's more. Oh, Another local said, we would often find the gutted carcasses of pigs at the local watering hole he's talking about or around the house. Oh, I don't know sake. where. He said he would often find the gutted carcasses of pigs there. Sometimes we would see Gareth with his knives running around with the dogs chasing the pigs. Well, for a start, Michelle, I've got to say oh, one thing here. God. Don't run with knives. It's dangerous. And also, too, why are you carrying a fucking knife? Running around, chasing pigs. Those poor pigs. I mean, I guess they were wild pigs. What, razorbacks or something? I don't know if they were that big. Are they massive, those razorbacks? I don't know. This is another resident saying, we would hear the boars screaming as he gutted them. Oh, God, how awful. Oh, my God. Honestly, you'd just be thinking, I want these people to breeze the fuck out of town just the way they breezed in. Yeah. You just want them gone. Yeah, sure. Want them gone. You don't want that shit in your neighbourhood. You don't. And guess what else he would do? He would hang the pig carcasses up in his backyard, which backed onto the school. So the kids were watching this. So you know that like most psychopaths Mm. start Start with with animals. animals. Yeah. Yeah, animal mutilation and animal killings. And he was, I mean, he had no shame. He was just doing this broad Well, we daylight. don't know that he's a psychopath yet, Michelle. You haven't heard the rest of the story. I'll suspend my judgment. So anyway, he would butcher them. He would butcher these pigs and <laughs> the blood and offal would be running directly off of their yard or garden, we would call that in the UK, into the school oval. So the kids would be running around oh. in guts blood. and blood and guts. And the smell of the offal and Jeez. blood would be running onto the football field and then they'd have to say there would be a smell. oh hi mrs train hi mrs <laughs> train oh can you not can you go home and wash those football boots they're covered in blood and offal well that's because your husband just threw them onto the footy field yeah it was a bit of a thing i think it was a bit like oh my Shit god show. how much more can we take yeah the locals told media that the school children would complain about the smell of all the blood and guts but nothing was done. Oh, my God. No. That's quite serious. Yes. If it's exactly. that stinky. Yeah. Another yeah. local recalled Gareth letting his dogs out to attack other dogs and driving erratically past people who were walking alone along the road. One local told the media, they said, he would come over the grid at 100 kilometres and miss me by an inch. Fucking hell. One woman said. I mean, if he's the hero, I'm going to be surprised. Because he sounds. No. Okay. <laughs> Okay. This guy, Gareth, he would insert himself into any school that his wife was working at by becoming the secretary, the gardener or the cleaner. And during parent-teacher meetings, he would either sit in on them or stand just outside the room, basically always hanging around. He was obsessed with her. Yeah. And also... This source said that Gareth started to physically discipline children when he was on school grounds. (gasps) And if he heard them swearing, he would send them home. But he would walk them back with their arms up behind their backs in an arm lock. Okay. Too much, right? You don't touch kids. I mean, the thing is, we've all seen the slap. You don't do that. You can't handle kids like that. So they ended up with no children at this school. And another source told the ABC that she had seen Gareth assault Stacy. Some witnesses say that they saw Gareth oh, dragging Stacy up by the hair of their stairs into the house. So already I've painted you a picture of Gareth Train. He doesn't sound like a lovely person. Obviously, we don't know, but this was numerous witness statements back to the media after the event, which I'm going to tell you about. I wonder if she ever regretted like, oh... Why did I leave the other brother? Well, back to Monday, the 15th of December, Michelle, and I'll tell you what happened next. Mm-hmm. At the Wyambilla property, four police officers were sent out to do a routine address check to search for the missing train brother, Nathaniel. 
Police constables Matthew Arnold, 26, and Rachel McCrow, who's 29, jumped a fence to gain entry to Gareth and Stacey's property, where they were met by a hail of bullets as they walked up the driveway towards what? the house of the property. Yes, they fell to the ground and they were executed in cold blood. This is what happened on the 15th of December oh when I arrived. Oh, yeah. my God. The two colleagues... That's fucking yeah. long. The two colleagues, Constables Keely Brow and Randall Kirk, who were both 28, all these officers were so young, they took cover behind them. Kirk suffered a bullet graze while Keely Brow, she managed to escape by hiding in the grass on this remote Queensland property. Then oh, the shit. three trains, because Nathaniel was there, plus Stacey, plus Gareth, <gasps> launched an ambush to get the Constable Keeley out from her hiding spot by lighting a grass fire. So she was convinced she was going to die. She thought she was either going to be shot or burned to death. So she starts making farewell calls to her family on her phone. Oh, my God, this is horrible. But the fires alerted the resident property owner, Alan Dare. So he saw the fires. He wandered over to see what the hell was going on. He heard gunshots, saw the smoke or something, and he was shot dead at the scene. Oh, my God. So now we've got two constables and a neighbor shot dead. Yeah. What the hell is going on? This was just a routine check. Yeah. By 6 p.m., the police issued an emergency declaration urging locals to stay inside and a police helicopter was deployed and 16 specialist officers arrived at the property. It's a siege. What the hell are they hiding in that house? What is going on that they felt that they had to just mow down with bullets anyone who came near yeah. this is fucking weird well there's a lot of questions and mm. i don't know if i have the answers for you but i'll tell you what happened next the siege went on until 10 30 p.m in the night mm. when the three shooters nathaniel gareth and stacy train were all shot dead by police what and i believe that they had actually done some videos whilst in the house as well i'm not sure they were taken down all three of them were killed yeah so there's not going to be any answers now so the three trains two officers and a neighbor all murdered on this day so from the guardian it said the queensland police believed that there was evidence that the shooters had been inspired by a fundamentalist christianity group and conspiracy theories so oh no that was not taken into account or it wasn't thought to be serious enough for the siege to be deemed as an act of domestic terror. Okay. There was no evidence of a connection to any particular group. And despite online rantings by Gareth Train and a link to US conspiracy theorists, these showed that Gareth Train was influenced by elements of a fundamental Christianity and conspiracy heavy, something called Sovereign Citizen Movement Group. So he was involved, he was into it, but no one believed that he, it was going to be fatal. They didn't flag them as being dangerous. So that's why when the four officers were sent out, it wasn't believed to be yeah. a big deal. Look, people get ranty online. You know, they get ranty online. They might believe in some kind of conspiracy theory, but unless there's something that's really alarming, you do just think they're maybe just a bit nutty. You don't expect them to have guns. You no, know. exactly. This um, sovereign citizen movement became really popular during the pandemic. It was people who were challenging the state border closures and mask rules in shopping centres. So it was very popular. A lot of polarity was happening during pandemic times, if you remember. And this is yeah, the legacy, probably one of the many legacies that we have to live with now as a result of that. But like I said, there were no red flags to counter terrorism groups. So yep. These police officers were just sent to a, a run-of-the-mill check. There was no need to bring the heavy hitters. There was no need for the armed response team to be there necessarily yep. until they were gunned down before they even arrived at the doorstep. Oh my so God. were they lying in wait? Was it a setup? That's something that they're looking into right now. But they don't believe that it was. Well, the thing is, how would they have known the police were on their way and be ready with shotguns? Like... I, I don't know. Well, because somebody must have said that Nathaniel was seen at this Wyambilla property. Or right. maybe the wife said he might be there. We don't know those details just yet. But there initially were concerns that the reporting of Nathaniel Train miss as a missing person was also due to him being wanted for a border breach. Now, this has only come out since the siege. Okay, They believed it might be a trap, but it is now known that his wife was genuinely concerned for him and his welfare since she hadn't spoken to him for so long, since March. Add this to reports that he had crossed over the Queensland border from New South Wales by driving his vehicle through an electronic border gate and caused damage to the border crossing. Plus his car got bogged and I think he must have abandoned it 
and firearms were found inside the vehicle by police later. Can I just ask? I don't know when that happened, but definitely you'd send more than just four unarmed police officers to check in on this guy if you'd known that by then. Border breach. I mean, since when have you had to go through any kind of checks to go into different states? I don't know. That sounds bizarre. Well, let's look into that. (laughs) I didn't. I mean, look, obviously during COVID times, I think... Possibly you have to go through a boom gate and you just drove through it. That's what I imagined. See, I don't know that there were ever any checks going into cross the state line I've never ever heard of that but yeah I do think that maybe during COVID times in Australia because every state had a different COVID response and they were like locking down state by state yeah maybe maybe that's what a border breach was maybe they put these things in place at that time I would certainly hope that that doesn't exist now because that's quite terrifying although you know yeah You've certainly been through, you know, ACT to New South Wales and not encountered anything like that. There's no borders. These poor police constables, young lives taken, Rachel McCrow and Matthew Arnold, they were recently remembered, Michelle, in a memorial service which was Mm. attended by more than 8,000 people. Plus there was something for the fallen neighbour, 58-year-old Alan Dare, and he is actually being given a posthumous medal for bravery. So, like I said, I don't have a lot of answers about what actually went on. But currently, forensics are trawling through hours of online presence from the trio, Mm. the murderous threesome, to try and find any cause or sign of their intentions. But for now, it's not being classed as a terror event. So I would say, watch this space. We will give updates as and when we find them. I don't know if you know this, but after the 1996 Port Arthur massacre in Tasmania, where a lone gunman went shooting and 35 people died in this Port Arthur massacre, guns were outlawed in Australia. You have to get a strict license, I think. Yes, you do. And even then, I'm not sure what you're allowed. And I think even farm weapons need to, well, weapons, farm guns need to be registered as well. Well, there is evidence that the trains believed that the 1996 Port Arthur massacre was actually a conspiracy (sighs) and a false flag operation in the vein of Alex Jones, what he says about Sandy Hook. So... Let's just go back to Sandy Hook for a minute. That was a school shooting in America that occurred on December 14 in 2012, and it was in Connecticut. Mm. The perpetrator was a guy called Adam Lanza. He shot his mum before going to the Sandy Hook school and murdering 20 students and six staff members, and then later committed suicide. Then the conspiracy theories came out, basically said that didn't happen. And for example, one of the theory said that the massacre was orchestrated by US government as a part of a plot to get stricter gun laws because obviously you know America doesn't have them and they need them but that's what Australia did after Port Arthur. So people are saying that Port Arthur was basically a stunt to be able to well to implement gun laws and to get rid of the free use of guns in Australia which I'm sorry. Yes exactly. Absolute bullshit. Well in 2019 There's a a very extreme politician who is known for promoting one... One nation, Pauline Hanson. One nation policy, Pauline Hanson. She floated the idea that this 1996 Port Arthur shooting was a false flag operation when she told an undercover journalist who was posing as a gun lobbyist, she said it would actually take a massacre in Tasmania to change the gun laws in Australia. So Hmm. there are people who may believe that that was orchestrated to divert the gun laws. It's conspiracies. It's like people saying that the Holocaust didn't exist. You know, it was all made up. You're always going to have people believing that. But look what happens. Policemen and women get shot dead because of crazy conspiracy ideas. It's terrible. So you get yourself into this complete state of fear and anxiety. Everybody's the enemy. Anyone with a uniform is the enemy. It's not a good way to be mentally, is it? No, of course not. But, you know, this sounds to me like it could be an episode, like an Australian 
episode of Happy Valley. I don't know if you've ever watched that TV show. Don't tell me anything. I haven't watched the latest series. It's the third series out now. I can't wait to catch up. You know, and Sarah Lancashire, the lead actress, she's absolutely brilliant. But I don't know if you remember in season one when... Spoilers? Well... Are you giving spoilers? Well, this is season one. This was like 10 years ago season one came out, give or take. Some people haven't seen it yet. Oh, well, all right. Well, basically, it is about a police woman loses her life. Let's just say that. So, right. But yeah, season three, I'm so excited to watch it. But honestly, this sounds like a real life happy valley. Not so happy. Not so happy. Really, really shocking. Yeah. So I thought I would just update you, Michelle, and a few of our international eavesdroppers. I know that our Australian eavesdroppers will definitely know about this already. It will be an ongoing thing and it's very, very sad and I'm sorry to have shared that news, but it was national news when I got here, probably international news as well, I don't know. It's been on everybody's mind and it's been a topic of conversation for the whole duration of my trip to Australia. Oh my God. Well, I'll tell you what was a topic of conversation with Jen just recently. Yes, Jen the Hen, hello. Hello, Jen the Hen. So, you know, Australians love to go to Bali. My sister, my dear sister, is actually there as we speak. Enjoy. But, well, yes, except I think it was just recently, Jen tells me, oh, yes, apparently this huge, massive crocodile has been pulled (gasps) out from the beach. Like a dinosaur. Yeah, in Legion, the exact beach my sister's going to. Why is there a goddamn croc? And I saw footage of it. This crocodile was massive. Beastly. In the beach? At the beach. The very beach where my sister's hotel is. So, you know, I'm just hoping that there's wow. no croc. But that was like huge in Australia, all over the news. Croc found at Leggy and Beach. Wow. But yeah, terrible. Oh my God. Crocs. Crocs and shootings. That's what you get in Australia these days. All I experience when I'm in England is crocs and socks. Oh, when oh I go God. out to my garden. <laughs> My muddy Crocs. <laughs> oh, do you know what? A Croc's not a bad way to go. What? I love a Croc. Oh, I thought you said it's not a bad way to go by being eaten by a Croc. Oh. I think that would be the worst way to go. No, it would be terrible. <laughs> no, to have a, a Croc end. But I was talking about a pair of Crocs. I don't mind a pair of Crocs, although I'm not sure you really want to see like a hot guy in Crocs. A hot guy in Crocs? Yeah. Do you think that that would detract from his hotness? Yes, I do. I don't think I would mind. Really? No. I'm not sure. I say that because it has been a topic of conversation where I am. Really? Yes. Oh, God, you all sound very... Judgy. Judgmental over there in the the mountains. (laughs) You know what? I'm only going to compliment men in Crocs from now on, thanks to that, because I don't want them to feel like they're unattractive. Do you know what? Get in touch, eavesdroppers, if you have uh, an opinion on on men in Crocs. Well, I do know of a man in Croc that does listen. Man in Croc. A Croc man. (laughs) A Croc man. A man in Crocs, and that's Stephen Bailey from Amsterdam. Hello, Stephen. Yannicka's husband. He wears a Croc. He loves a Croc. And he wears a sock with a Croc. And he rocks the croc. I th- He's rocking the croc. I th- Sorry about all the rhymes. I think your husband actually rocks a croc and a sock in a croc. He does. And my children are all wearing crocs. It's croc city here. <laughs> oh, I'm Don't sorry. Don't diss the crocs. I shouldn't. I shouldn't like throw shade on in the fact, croc. In fact, today, Michelle, I'm wearing a croc wedge. <laughs> I'll show you. This is a croc. Oh, but come on. That's not a typical croc. That's a... That's a fashion croc. That's a fashion croc. I've got a fashion croc. But you know what? I did want to say thanks for that story. I had not heard about that. And I think that is really scary stuff, people. Scary stuff. It was scary stuff, people, indeed. It does make you remember that policemen and women put their lives on the line every single day. They do. Young young lives. Yeah. Young lives ruined. Yeah. Ended. Families devastated. Really sad. But anyway, thanks so much for that story. My pleasure. It looks like it's time for your bedtime now, Michelle, which means that now it's time for us to say, whatever you do, wherever you are, just just keep keep eavesdropping. 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 Eavesdropping.